0: Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. Today's show is brought to you by Skillshare. You can get two months free of premium Skillshare when you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Diane Gibbs, D-I-A-N-E-G-I-B-B-S. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I am excited to have the longest running guest on the show here today. My super good friend, Jason Karn, and I'm very excited to have him. We met online, we've become friends online, And I love this man. He is one of my favorite people in the world. And I love how he is transparent about his career. And he doesn't, he has a drive like no other. And he loves people. And so it's another reason. One, I wanted him on this uh, month because it's love on designers. And two, because he's an entrepreneur. He's worked for other people. He's worked for himself. And now he's working back for himself again. I didn't say that in the right order. It's like a, a sandwich. The working for somebody else was in the middle. Maybe it was like a potato chip sandwich, not super nutritious, but it got him where he needed to go and it paid the bills. And I think you have some insights from that, um, that you learn and then you're able to do while you're doing that. Um, you still have the side thing. So Jason, I don't need any further, but I'm super excited to have you back as always. I think this is number five, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Number five. When do you think the first one was? That was probably like
0: seven years ago. Yeah. I
1: feel like it was a while.
0: Yeah, it was, it was definitely when we were on Spreecast. Do you remember Spreecast?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so it was a long time ago. And you, I just randomly asked you if you would be on. You didn't know who I was. and we ha- But we just got to be friends really good from just doing this. And I'm super thankful.
1: Yep. And then we got to meet and slice our fingers together for Derek Castle's workshop. <laughs>
0: that's right. We have had lots of blood. We, I yep. don't know if we've shared tears, but, oh, so Demi just refresh and then it'll, cause he's not frozen, frozen for me. Okay. Oh. So I want, so we're doing something different this month, except you're the only one I think that's going to be doing it, but that's fine. Um, is where I'm trying to do something um, different this year where people are sharing a little bit of their expertise so that you come away with some nuggets and Jason, can you just give um, them a little bit of background? You worked for yourself before um, just about what maybe that was like working for yourself. And then you worked at a company and now you're back for yourself. Can you kind of give them that timeline?
1: Yeah, sure. So I started doing freelance design work back around 2007, but it was more of just a hobby at the time. I was doing stuff for like my friends' bands, like uh, album artwork, merch designs, MySpace layouts was big for me at the time. And then uh, eventually the merch game kind of took over for me. I really enjoyed print design and screen printing. Um, And I started liking the type and the logos more than anything else in it. And that's what really drew me into the lettering game. Um, so for about six years, from like 2010 till 2016, I was a freelance lettering artist doing mostly stuff just like t-shirts, posters, um, business cards, things of that sort. But it was never really very steady and there was never any sort of guaranteed income from that, which was uh, a bit stressful to live through as any freelancer has lived through as well, I'm sure. Um, so I got the opportunity to take a position at a company called Cornet in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, the creative director there had worked with me before on a freelance project and was like, Hey, we need some more in-house people. Would you be interested? So I went down there, had a look at it. And next week we moved down there, my wife and I. So for three years, I worked in-house at Cornette and I got a lot of experience and I worked on a lot of really big projects I would have been able to do just on my own, um, like global ad campaigns for some of the biggest liquor companies in the world and large fast food chains. And things like Valvoline, A&W, Sazerac, uh, you know, lots of big horse racing stuff. So it was all stuff that was kind of new to me and outside of my comfort zone. But it was something I also wanted to have under my belt as some sort of agency experience. And um, I wanted to know how things kind of operated from that end of the table. So I wasn't just guessing like what it would be like the, the internal conversations that they had and and I gleaned a lot of useful information from people that were not even in creative positions there, like account planners and, and marketing people. And so it, it really gave me a bigger picture of the kind of work that I was doing. And I wasn't so isolated in my little design bubble that I was for years. But after a couple of years, um, the work started feeling a little bit stale. It wasn't really to my strength a lot of it. Um, I wasn't getting a lot of custom lettering or type jobs. A lot of it was just kind of manufacturing these ads with existing assets. and It just wasn't um, what my heart was into. And I was starting to really pick up on the freelance game again and doing a full eight hours there and then trying to come home and do more of that. It was just really draining. So I just made the decision to, to cut the cord and go back to freelance. And uh, it's been great ever since I've been so busy that i can't even really keep up with it lately which is a really good problem to have
0: so now you had that problem before remember a long time ago and you were like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i'm so busy and you were having big clients in too you had harley davidson there was tons of really big things but they were one of the issues was they were under nda so you couldn't share and so what you were doing amazing work but you had stuff that was like a year out or a year and a half out that wasn't going to be able to do that so what do you do? And I know I'm jumping ahead, but this is like one of the biggest things. Cause when you, you posted something on Facebook, cause we're Facebook friends. And mm. it was like, I'm going to go back to construction. And if you don't know Jason's work, you're about to see it. And it is like, Oh my goodness, this man cannot go and possibly mess up his hands. He <laughs> needs these. The, he does a lot of pointillism. He does a ton of detail and he is just amazing at it and he has a great vision for these things um he's designed fonts he i mean it's he has so many avenues of things that he's dug in and figured out and then done stuff he's done uh, <clears throat> brushes with or lettering library which was a side project and something you did on your own and then you partnered with retro supply with dustin and <clears throat> i'm so sorry <clears throat> So, so it was like things came together, but then that, at that point is when you started really looking for design jobs and you went to the agency and I love that you worked there. Good three years does give you that ability. It's really a lot of us don't need to stay at the same place for a ton of long time because we do get, it just gets to be stale and there's not a lot of growth. How many people were in that agency total?
1: When I got there, I think I was actually number 50. I was the 50th person on staff. So it was a good size for the Midwest. Yes. And within a year, it grew to 70. So it ballooned really quickly. Uh, We got a couple really big clients that we put under contract. And the year I was leaving, we went back down to like 45. So like 25 people got laid off in a year. Wow. And um, the year, the month that I left, um about three weeks later four people in my department in my room that I used to work with all got laid off so I feel like I was going to be on that chopping block too I was a specialist in a place that really didn't need a specialist I was like a nice to have when they needed me but I wasn't the person that was great at putting together like pitch decks and InDesign things and right. catalogs so I was expendable I think <laughs> so I think-, I think it was better that I got out of my own terms than I was let go I, I felt better about that
0: Absolutely, but they knew things were... I mean, but there's so much you learn from one working with other people and being nice. You know, people, that guy worked with you at freelance and now he wanted you to come on full-time. There's a lot being said to just being nice and easy to work with. I feel like we need a course in that, right? Some people maybe need a better, longer course, the master's degree course. Um, But some people are just like you are just natural and you want to be a team player, but you also know where your strengths are. And I think some people don't, Um, go through that door when the door opens they get a a lot of fear and so fear had at one point was going to take you back into working construction and then but you are not afraid to do whatever it takes to put food on your family's table right which i love that and that's just that's me too buddy um I'll go work it out back being a server. One day you guys will see me again. Hopefully not maybe, but if anything happened to me, as long as I have two arms and two legs, I can still probably wait tables. Um, But it's like the thing that I think people don't realize is that we all, even though you've had huge, amazing clients, it is those return clients that you need to be able to, um, or at least an industry so that people connect you instead of just being the specialty. Otherwise you have to continually be marketing to all these new people. It's kind of like always trying to get a new first date, right? When really it would be great if you could just date the same person. Yes. (laughs) Or a few (laughs) of the same, right? Right.
1: Yeah. What was really keeping me afloat the first time I was freelancing was that I did have a few clients that were, not not technically on retainer, but it was kind of like that to where every month they were supplying me with a steady stream of work. So I, w- I was doing okay, but I wasn't, it was kind of like a false safety net, I feel like. It was, it was good while it lasted, but it wasn't going to be around forever. But this time around, I'm getting jobs that are, um, they're paying more and they're longer term. So, so it's not something I'm turning around in three to five days. It's usually stuff that I'm working on across 2 weeks to a month and there's a lot more of like creative direction involved in that on my end now. They're coming to me a little bit more for not just the design but more for, you know, a vision or expertise or experience which comes with time I think. You know, that's not something I was really ready to do when I was freelancing before.
0: And also, when you're freelancing before, you might not know how to price something, or you might be like, Oh, yes. I don't know if I could do this project. But now you've done it. You had the team, you had the safety net of the mm-hmm. place. Then now you know, Yeah, I could do this. I know what it takes. And if I can't do all these pieces, or it's not the best use of my time, then I'm going to hire that out. And I know a lot of other people that could help me with some of that production or something. Yes,
1: right? which well, helped a lot. Um, there was a guy for a while at my old job who I would actually like, um, farm out like brochures and things like that and like brand books and stuff too. I was like, you are great at this and you can knock this out in two hours where it'd take me all day. So I would gladly hire you to do that. And it helped me kind of delegate certain tasks that I really wasn't great with.
0: Right. And things you don't want to do. So we talk about niching down all the time, but sometimes you worry that the, the number of people coming into the funnel is really going to be reduced. Right. Mm -hmm. But you've, you, also have multiple streams of income. You have lettering library that still, um, if you guys don't know about it, you can go to retrosupply.com. They got CO, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, look up lettering library and check it out. It's great. If you are a lettering person or you love type, he has amassed this huge collection and you get to go through. The only thing you don't get is the smell from the books, right? Yes, one that's day. something I should
1: make some scratch and sniff cards that I send out with orders.
0: Yes. That's what you should do. I think that's, but you know what? It's also a tip you could do is just how to find these, you know, because I think you had such a great way of where you went to go to look for these. I mean, you are spending some, a pretty penny on some of these for sure, but definitely mm. go g- check it out. Um, and you can go to your website. I think there's a, is there still lettering library.com?
1: Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and, and there's also a, a Gumroad gum link. That's like the platform that I host the the files on, but I can drop that in later or
0: something. Perfect. But so there's been things that you've done with partnerships, which mm-hmm. I think also helps, you know, the more people, you know, it's also that you're easy to work with. They're easy to work with. And then you have so that you can farm things out that you wouldn't want to do. And then there's people like Dustin that you can, um, you still have your product, but then you share, right. And he he has a big list so that he can share it out. Things like your fonts, you've made fonts, plenty of fonts. I buy them. I use them. I love them. Um, So there's, (laughs) of course. Um, But there's, but at the same time, it's really important that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. So last time, one of the biggest things um, was, um, just you couldn't share anything on social media. So, one of the big things I want you to talk about today is how you have transitioned this time uh, from last time and how you're able to pivot quicker. So, I don't know. You have a deck. I don't know. Whenever you want to sh- start sharing it, that'd be awesome. If not, you can tell. I can keep asking questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could jump into that. Um, yeah, that'd be fine. Um, I think like just one more point about delegating tasks and stuff. One of the biggest things for me coming back to freelance was having an agent. Having an artist prep has freed me up to do a lot more creative work and a lot less administrative stuff that I really didn't enjoy. So all like the contracts, negotiating, invoices, calls, emails, you know, that's the stuff that I don't have to touch as much anymore. And um, it's more than worth it. (laughs) have somebody helping you out on that end.
0: So Joe has a question. He said you're represented by a creative agency. You mm-hmm. were sought out, were you sought out or did you reach out to them?
1: Um, the first one I was repped by was called Closer and Closer and Drew Melton runs that. And he was the guy that co-founded and started Carmel Type Co with me. Mm-hmm. He decided to get out of it after he got a little burnt on making fonts. He made like 12 of them in a year, so it was understandable. And he was like, I think I wanna do something else. Um, And he thought that his abilities were better suited to actually helping other artists and not so much doing the art himself anymore. And he was good at it, he was a good negotiator and um, he had a great roster of people, but I felt like I was really an outlier that was mostly there because I was friends with him and not somebody really fit in their, their overall squad. It's a lot of like really bright, trendy editorial illustration people and then somebody who does like old Victorian lettering. So So
0: again, it was kind of like what you were at, it's nice to have when we have it, we can go to Jason, but it wasn't like he was seeking out, a lot of his clients were seeking out the very specific things that you needed. And so you understood, but one of the things you said is also it's really important that you know these people and that you understand. Because you and Drew were friends, you had been business partners. Um, The person you're with now is also a friend and you started out as friends first. And you've really felt like that that was something, so if somebody's just looking, so say Joe's looking, Cause he wants to know the pros and comp, Com- comms, what are, the comms, I don't know what that is, the pros and cons. Um, but how do you like being represented? I think that you really like where you are right now because you don't have to do a lot of the yuck work.
1: Yeah, it's um, I, I would say the pros behind it is that you get this extra layer of insulation between you and the client. Um, And I think a lot of us as artists and freelancers are very emotional in particular about our work. So if we get negative feedback or something like that, our initial reaction is to respond negatively sometimes. But if you have somebody else who's more level-headed, more business-minded, they can kind of take that and spin it and get it into a place where both you and your client are kind of feeling good about how to progress and move forward. So that's really great, Um, just having them take off your plate, all the stuff you don't really enjoy doing. A lot of us designers do not like the business end of stuff. I know I don't. Some are cool with it. They really enjoy it, but that's just never been me.
0: But is he doing marketing for you? Or are you still doing your own marketing?
1: I'm mostly doing my own marketing. He's not so much of like a lead generator as he is like a project manager. Okay. But that, that, that's more of what I need. Um, even when I was with Closer and Closer, they did some marketing and stuff, but a lot of the requests were coming to me directly first, and then I would kind of loop them in.
0: So Uh that would be something else to look at. And the other big thing is that they're taking a – a percentage. So they're doing the the whole contract, which is the yuck stuff, I think, but it is but because you've been in business before and then you worked at an agency, you understand what people will pay or what certain businesses, big businesses will pay a different than a little business, right? But you you have to kind of get that. So there is a trade-off. You are giving whoever your agent is a percentage of that sale, right?
1: Yes. When I was with Closer and Closer, it was 25%. And that was a bit of a tough pill to swallow, giving a whole quarter of your income away. Um, so Adam Smasher, the agency that I'm represented under now, is 15%. And what's nice about that is that it's also capped at $10,000. So if you have a project that's $50,000, hypothetically, not that I've ever gotten one that's paid that well, but um, he would only take 15% of the first $10,000. Everything else is all mine which is great. You know, most agencies would never think to do that. They'd be like, yeah, we want a piece of all of it. But oh, wow. he's, he's less about the money and more about just doing cool work. He's just another passionate kind of guy like me about putting awesome stuff out into the world as long as we can. But the great thing about having an agent is that they can usually negotiate prices better than you would be able to negotiate yourself. So say, for example, I was doing a little 1,500 a few years ago. You know, that's, that's fine. I get 100% of that. But now, if I get a logo for $3,000, and he's taking 15%, I'm still making more through that than I would have on my own. Even though he gets that, that 15% out of there, the, the rest that's left to me is still, still a higher value.
0: So another question a lot of people have when you're talking about agents or finding an agent to represent you is how many other people are they representing? Because again, like Drew is amazing, great guy, good friend, but it just Mm -hmm. what he, he wasn't his clients that he, or his connections were not necessarily in the realm. He still could use you, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't as much as often. And so it was a, it's a business decision. It's not anything about your friendship, right? It wasn't like Drew, dude, right? It was hey this just I know I feel like you're just doing this because you're my friend but you know that there are people who just really will place you with they have these connections with these um, and we're gonna get into where you're niching down now so with with and say his name again Adam
1: Adam Smasher
0: is what it's Adam called. Smasher yep is that his real last name
1: <laughs> no okay. his name is Shane Styles
0: okay. I'm like, oh my goodness! Can you imagine? Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smasher. Okay, um, okay, um, okay. So, not it's not Adam. No, no, no. Oh, Adam,
1: like, like atomic, like Adam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're my friend. And-
1: <laughs> no, there was just one guy named Adam that we really hated, and we just wanted to smash him into tiny bits.
0: <laughs> I get it now. Thank goodness! Let's love on designers here, people. Um, <laughs> just laugh with me. I was like Adam, like my friend Adam. Okay, <laughs> okay, <sighs> that really got me tickled. <clears throat> All right, so with your friend Adam, I'm just kidding. What is your friend's name there?
1: Shane. Shane okay. Styles. Okay. He was the former operations manager and like head of printing for Threadbird and Hero Print Shop and Hypergiant Industries. So a lot of people may kind of know him through that like tertiary relationship that all of us have with our printing friends.
0: So, but he was able, how many people, or or was that even part of the conversation of how many other people he was representing?
1: Um, Well, he was going to start with with just me. We were working with Scott Fuller as well for a bit. Um, I, I think they might, not be working together anymore. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. But Closer and Closer was up to like 30 artists when I left the roster, which Drew was really kind of spread thin at that point. I know he was thinking about getting a few more people on his end of the business. But when you have one person tending to 30 people, things kind of tend to get lost in the shuffle or take too long to respond to. And so that that was another one of the reasons that I decided to make the jump. Um, I think being in a crew that's a lot smaller, like he was saying, even when he does expand to take on more artists, he's thinking to stay under 10, which I think is a manageable amount of people to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Well, and you're really
0: using him for more project management. So he's keeping up with things. He's not necessarily getting a ton of leads because you're able to do that on your own. And we'll jump into that, but let's do your deck. Oh, and uh, Joe says, when will the letterhead t-shirts be available?
1: I'm hoping those will be in, um, in about seven to 10 days. Those cool. should be coming pretty soon. So looking forward to, to putting those up.
0: People could get those where I'll put it in the chat just at JasonKarn.com.
1: Yep. Yeah. I'm going to be putting a shop up there. I have posters that I've been meaning to post that Lenny printed for me like a year and a half ago too, just sitting in a box. So I, I have more merch coming. I ordered some stickers from sticker mule this morning. I'm trying to, get a store put together
0: sweet yeah okay so take us to your thing okay take us to your friend adam adam smasher (laughs) i'm just kidding
1: okay let me uh share the screen here
0: and andre i still know your question i'm gonna get it you're gonna be next
1: okay so is this up now and yes we see it cool all right so um i think this was a piece of advice that Maybe you imparted to me the very first time that we ever talked together on the channel, Um, because I was kind of struggling to find my niche. My niche. Whatever
0: it's, you could say it however you want.
1: Yeah. Both are right. uh, Yeah, it's like an either, either kind of thing. I think exactly. Um, But yeah, you were telling me that you know sometimes the best way to get work in the field that you're looking to do it is just do it for yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be a client project. You don't have to get paid for it. Just do what you're passionate about. Um, So a couple of years back um, when I was working at the agency that I was working at, one of our big clients was Sazerac. They are one of the biggest liquor brands in the world. They own hundreds of different companies. They own, uh, you know, Fireball, Southern Comfort, Buffalo Trace, you know, tons and tons of spirits and liquor brands. So I was starting to get to touch some of these label projects that they had when they needed to update them, and I really enjoyed working on um, packaging and label work. Just something about the way that they always seemed to uh, go all out on the, the printing methods, you know, the die cutting, the foiling, the embossing, it was just really attractive as like a print designer to me to do something that was more elaborate and more ornate because it really fit with my lettering style. So the opportunity to Um, partake in an art show in Lexington, Kentucky called Outlaws popped up. And the idea that I had for it was to create a fictitious whiskey label, um, you know, based around the prohibition era. So that's exactly what I did. And this was the first label that I ever created for myself. Um, I had them printed up. It was a die cut label on heavy stock. It was foiled. It was blind embossed. It was screen printed. It, it, It had the works done to it. And uh, a friend of mine, Steve Squall, out of Louisville, came and photographed this at a place called House of Bourbon that I also did the, the branding and logos for. Um, and the photography turned out great. It got picked up on the dye line. It was featured on Behance, graphic design served. Uh, it did really well all over the internet. And it got a lot of articles
0: written about Obviously. it. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but, so Emily says she's drooling. So beautiful, Carrie says. Amy says so beautiful. So... This was out of your budget. And somebody asked, is this your botanist type?
1: Um, Yes. The the bluegrass strength, bourbon whiskey, and and some of the the little secondary type is botanist. Um, The Tempest lettering is like a modified version of it. And then uh, the the Outlaw Caliber and some of the the tertiary stuff is uh, what's now Capstone. That was before it was ever released as a font. It was something that I just kind of, had in my back pocket to use on projects when I wanted to. Um, so yeah, I was using my own typefaces and I was trying to make it 100% my own and not use anybody else's type or graphics or things like that. So this is 100% custom my design.
0: So this is also something that you're putting time, energy outside of the day job to mm-hmm. do. And then you had some a friend photograph it, but you also had it printed. So this is not a um, cheap Endeavor, I would imagine.
1: No, um, I want to say that all in all, I think I had about 200 of these printed up, um, of both the main labels and the neck labels, a hundred of red, hundred of blue, and I think it ran me somewhere around 750
0: bucks, But you also had good connections with your printer, right? This was something you knew. So this is also another relationship builder is to get to know a printer who can do some of these things or wants to try, wants to attempt, right?
1: Yes. And by me bringing this project to them, um, it's Valhalla studios, by the way, Dan Bedavik is the guy that, um, runs the print shop there. They do really great work. Um, but by doing this, they, they said that this was a really challenging project, you know, doing like foiling and then blind embossing on foiling. There's like some techniques here where they're like, we haven't done this before, but let's try it, see what happens. And the response was so good to the the print job and everything that they started getting inquiries for packaging work. And they were like, actually, since this went well, um, would you be interested in us just printing other stuff for you like on the house? Because it's a marketing tool for both you and us. So by just bringing this to them, like I ended up getting more print work out of it, which was awesome.
0: It's huge because again, now you have somebody who you trust, but they also realize the power of this is that they are able to show their stuff. It's now people are willing to take a chance on them and they're willing to not have you pay for your your things right now, which is incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm going to get that offer (laughs) more than once, but I mean, I feel like you, you can kind of do that with multiple printers. I mean, if you have other friends that have the same capabilities and stuff, you know, maybe you can partner up with them. It's useful for both yourself as, you know, something to throw in your portfolio and market, but it's also great for them, too, because they're actually getting to print really great stuff. And it's not like, you know, they're stuck there printing Little League shirts or something all day. They right. can do something that they're really like, oh yeah, this is, this is fun to print.
0: Well, and the other thing is it's also partnering with your friends if you weren't the person that made all these typefaces. You know, it would be partnering also, hey, let's do something together. So Judy does these typefaces and I don't. And then I'm going to put the design together and she's going to, and I'm going to give her credit and make sure that there's the link and all these things. Again, she may give me the typefaces for free to be able to use, but it's also a marketing tool for her, right? There is no yes, Judy. 100%. I mean, I'm sure there is a Judy somewhere, but I don't know a Judy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Judge Judy. Judge Judy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think she's good. But but there's so many tiny details, which is one of the things that is so beautiful about your work. And you just take in, but with this, you had done some work with um, other um, alcohol brands. And this was kind of where you were like, mm, this feels like my jam, right?
1: Yeah, very much so. I actually have another presentation, which I also have over here. Like this was kind of the springboard that put me into the packaging room. Before this, I had never done any privately commissioned work for packaging. So once this kind of got out into the world, I started getting more requests for it. So so now I have this portfolio filled with all sorts of packaging projects. I've done whiskeys, I've done this whole line of CBD stuff that's capsules, salve tins, roller balls, droppers, um, I've done beer cans like this uh, in bottles for mead. you know, doing a rebrand here. Um, that, that's my personal one again. Like I, I did a hard cider recently at the end of last year with multiple flavors, uh, root beer. Are those
0: photos has- in there or did you draw those things?
1: Those are photos. Okay, we combine my design with like actual photography. Th- that was some stuff that I wasn't 100% confident I could do myself. And I was like,
0: oh, oh you let's could. go the photo route. You totally could, but I think it's good that it's probably not the best use of your time, you know, which again, was I just think for them too, to update Absolutely. when they
1: have new flavors, they can yeah. choose, hey, license this image and then it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was an easy one. Um, this one was actually a collaboration at my, um, agency that I worked with. I did the, the main logo and branding that's on the front of the six pack here. And I did everything on the bottle, but uh, my art director did the illustrations that are in the background of the distillery. So we did like, you know, shipper boxes, six packs, bottle caps, the front, back and neck labels. And there was four other flavors that are currently coming down the line too. There's like a ginger ale and orange soda. So I got a really good um, feel for how you kind of exp- expand like a brand system and build mm-hmm. it out just kind of one flavor with a multitude of different varietals.
0: How about, so like, can you go back to the Apple people? Yeah, sure. So are you helping them pick out their size of their, and the shape of the label? Do they already have the bottle? Is that something? Because it seems like that's a whole nother beast.
1: Sometimes I get some input in that. Like um, with this Saga project here, they started out with green bottles and it wasn't really like flattering with the purple. It was just kind of an awkward color combination. So they wanted to keep the same bottle type, but I did convince them to switch over to an amber glass, which just looked a bit nicer with the the purple and gold. Um, But with like this one, the Big Apple, they already had this existing bottle that was kind of unique in their category. So they wanted to keep that one, Um, but they were willing to change the the label shape. I think I actually have a sample of what their old one was right
0: here. So that's kind of a neat thing that you're able to kind of, Because the die cut is another one of your strength. And I think a lot of people don't have that. But everything you do, even the shield in there is kind of like, it's already thinking. You just think that way in in a die cut way. Even though it's not a ton of die cut, but the tops all die, right? I mean, I guess the whole thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, their um, original label was this that kind of wrapped around there. Um, So it was was a lot simpler, but it was also kind of really like jam-packed on the back with information. It was a little small and hard to read. So uh, they wanted to kind of blow up both labels and just kind of have one on each side. And like the little shield shape is actually taken from the um, New York state seal. So it was kind of like a little nod to New York again. Like I was trying to hide little Easter eggs to people who may notice it. Um, So yeah. Um, But then I I also did this as a self-initiated project. Um, right here this moonbeam celestial sativa it was like a cbd package i was doing this for a client Um, we got all the way through the project i got paid and then he told me uh it's cool but i'm just going to redo it all myself (laughs) which was kind of a slap in the face but um it also allowed me to kind of rebrand this and redo this as i wanted um, and then once again, this got picked up from a couple different sites and it led to a lot more work to, to date since I dropped this like a year and a half ago. It's probably my most referenced project whenever anybody comes at me with a packaging thing. Feel like, so yeah, I- we that Art Deco moon yeah. movie. Yeah.
0: Did you, d- is, did you use your typefaces for this?
1: Um, I think I did for Celestial. I believe that's Capstone again, but I think... Some of the, the tertiary stuff is maybe just like Futura or, or Gotham. Okay. So, uh, but Moonbeam is custom and all the illustrations custom.
0: So then what about, how do things get picked up? Like, what are you talking about? Like, is there some like little um, leprechaun somewhere just <laughs> sending your stuff out to all these people? Or is that actually you sending it to the die line? Or are you doing things like that?
1: Uh, for the die line, that's something that I just manually submit. Uh, I've never had it just automatically picked up on a site like, you know, brand new or under consideration or, or something like that. Um, but I do submit around to certain design blogs from time to time and sometimes just naturally through either doing well on like Dribbble Behance or Instagram, it'll just kind of make its way into places you don't expect.
0: But that's it. So you're doing marketing. So that was Andre asked what kind of marketing are you doing? So sometimes it's creating projects that don't exist or taking a project that does exist and now you're redoing it when it did, when it went south with the client. So then you're also putting it out there. What kinds of things how often what kind of process are you showing like how many how many Instagram things would you do? Would you do this as obviously maybe one dribble project?
1: Um for Dribbble, like, I could probably break it out across multiple posts just because you only kind of get the, the one screenshot and then an attachment. Like, But for Behance, it would be just one big case study. Um, same for on my website. But on Instagram, I could break this down into multiple pieces. Um, if I go to my website real quick, which I'll show you.
0: But we can't see it because we're only seeing the PDF. You'd have to stop oh, or share.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Sorry okay you can go there all you want but um and this is a a piece this piece right here is like something that you um build out and you send to customers so that they kind of understand what the pricing was
1: yeah yeah this is basically like a pitch deck of like you know budget mid-tier and like premium projects Mm -hmm. you know like just to show them it's a different price range what they're maybe going to kind of get just to give them a feel for that level of intricacy or detail. Um, And this this project right here, this Moonbeam one, was the first time that I ever used Adobe Dimension to mock something up. So these aren't real boxes that are photographed. This is actually like 3D software that I figured out how to put these different panels of this box that I designed together on.
0: No way!
1: Lighting and backdrops, and you can angle the camera any way you want. Um, I'm actually gonna stop sharing so I can do... Um, my website real quick to show you um, what I'm talking about with Adobe Dimension because I was able to get quite a few interesting angles out of doing that. Let me see how How I... How
0: long, what was the, um, I always think like snowboarding's pretty quick learning curve. Like you can really get up if you like go to a lesson, you can get up at the end of the day or maybe the next day. Um, What's the learning curve for Adobe Dimension?
1: I did this all the same day. Um, so, so, yep. So I figured out like, okay, um, y- you can create a box in 3d space and you can apply dimensions to it. If you want it, you know, one inch thick by six inches tall or something, you can just put those parameters in there and it auto sizes that. And then you can, um, place each panel, panel on there as like a link, like you would in illustrator in design or something like that. Wow. Um, but you're able to kind of like move these pieces around and move the camera around like you can see here.
0: That's awesome. What is sativa? I'm so not cool.
1: The, the, there's two main different strains of marijuana. It's sativa or indica. Sativa is more of like the the head high um, sort of feeling and indica is more of like chilled out body high kind of thing you know i
0: gotcha you can but, tell i've never done drugs i don't have any um brain cells to lose so <clears throat> that's that's me oh you can make them float
1: you can make them float you can stack them up Ooh. Do, do all sorts of different stuff get nice little detail shots like this so <gasps>
0: it, oh my gosh that's awesome
1: yeah. So it's a really great tool for when they don't have like an existing mock-up that really fits exactly what you're making. You know, like I couldn't go to like yellow images and find an exact shape box that I needed after I made this design. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it myself. <laughs>
0: so what about texture? Cause I don't know if Andre is saying, and they have texture question mark or just, and they have texture. So can you tell what, if you want smooth or, or, like- yeah,
1: you can actually lay down a base of like, do you want it to be craft paper? Do you want it to be glossy or matte? Do you want it to have more of like a metallic sheen to it?
0: Um, so there,
1: there are all sorts of different functions that you
0: can play That's with. That's cool.
1: I'm by no means like an expert in the program. Like I knew enough to like put these things like in a scene and move the camera around.
0: Hey, but, that looks like an expert to me. This looks like three <laughs> weeks to work to me. You're like, I did it in a day. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm talking to Jason Carn. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the design took more than a day. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, I'm
0: just talking about yeah. Adobe Dimensions. You say, yeah, I got that in a day. But anyway. Okay, back to your deck. Keep teaching yes. us something. Let me,
1: uh, okay, let me get back to that. Okay, yeah. So that's that's all my uh, packaging portfolio. But let, let's get back into the the other points that I wanted to make here in this first deck. So custom is king. That's something I've always said. When you're doing something that nobody else can offer and nobody else can provide your, your prices definitely can go up. You're providing a premium service that they just can't find elsewhere. So what I started about doing was a lot of custom hand-drawn lettering was the big thing that kind of kicked off my type and lettering career. Um, because this stuff really can't be imitated or duplicated. It's not just made by points and nodes and, and vectors. It's, it's all done by hand. Um, so if you're willing to put in the extra effort and you're willing to do stuff manually or analog, sometimes people will pay you quite a bit more than they would for somebody who may only be able to do something sort of like it digitally.
0: Well, and this is where you've also been a, because you started here, you have a different aesthetic, you have a different knowledge base. And then now you know how to do it and how, what will work on. It's not like you're just a production artist. You actually know if it's going to work because you've worked with different bottles and shapes and things like that.
1: Yes. Yes, of course that too. Um, But I think that this was kind of limiting in a sense too A lot of this work was done when I was um, freelancing before I went to the agency, the the stuff that you're seeing here. And it works fine as like a print graphic. Like a lot of these ended up being, you know, like t-shirts or small print pieces, but it wasn't really the stuff that I needed to be doing when I was doing uh, like packaging or label work that really lent itself more to like a vector medium right Um, for like foiling and letterpress and embossing and things like that the files just needed to be a lot cleaner so I didn't know how to do it digitally at first so this kind of hand-done manual analog version of it kind of paved the way for me to eventually move over to the digital realm doing this stuff
0: but it laid a good groundwork of what was good design you know it yeah,
1: and I and I still do use it um because I still sketch everything by hand first. It's it's usually like rougher and looser than this now, but everything starts on paper for me still. So I kinda like lay it as a background layer that I'll lock or something as a sketch when I start vectoring something and I'll tweak it along the way digitally right. instead of spending too much time refining by hand right. anymore but the the skills are still there, I think that's an important base for a lot of people to have to be able to sketch out their ideas. It's you know you don't need to do everything by hand, but it's good to be able to just communicate your um your thoughts and ideas with you
0: know absolutely yeah. well, and it's a skill nobody can take that away and if the computer's broken, you can still work
1: yeah, that's true,
0: <laughs> or if the power goes out,
1: yeah yeah (laughs) knock on wood Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah thank you
1: yeah um so i also want to talk about this this is something that i talked with uh, scotty russell about a a while back um i was having a hard time growing my audience it kind of stagnated at a certain point to where i wasn't really gaining any new followers i was hitting like the same engagement amount for every single thing that I post, nothing really like stood out as like, oh yeah, everybody likes this one or they definitely hate this one. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that. And he was like, man, he's like, he's like, I see when you post, like you just kind of post and then you sort of like disappear. He's like, you don't really respond to the comments and you know, you don't engage as much. He's like, and that's why you're not getting as much of a return as you would like. And he was, totally right. Like I was totally ghosting the people that were like, this is great. This is awesome. Well done. Like I, I didn't mean to, I wasn't intentionally being rude or anything, but I was just being non-responsive. So I think it's important to remember like you and all these people, like if you're cheering me on and you're, you're, you know, giving me praise or giving me uplifting me, you know, like I should really send the emotion back and I should really, you know, be reciprocating. So like all these friends and and people, like, I felt like I was kind of ghosting them, you know, where I really shouldn't have, you know, it's it's the people that really um, bring our community together and we really need to support each other. I see a lot of people having a hard time getting through their work and they're like uh, in the same headspace as I was years ago when I wanted to quit. And so I've been trying to be more of, like, that positive force, too, and comment on people's stuff more often and, you know, not make it so so much of, like, a one-sided sort of experience. So if somebody's commenting on my work, like, you know, maybe I'll comment back, I'll share their work, I'll try to get it out there to a bigger audience. And by doing that, they become more willing to do the same for you, you know, more and more. Um, <clears throat> there's some people like every time I post now almost every time they'll share my projects and I'm, I've am i been doing the same for them and it's a good way to to grow your audience and get your work in front of new people and also support your friends at the same time.
0: So, so maybe that's that's a, a tip is if you have time to post something mm-hmm. it's not just about making more work it's also about um, connecting with the people who are looking at your work so that's yes, just as important 100%. as posting new work so you might think I don't have time, but maybe mm-hmm. this is, anyway, that's awesome piece of advice and perfect for love on designers month.
1: Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, so this next one is something that you touched on before. And that is to build a river out of all of your revenue streams. So this is everything that I have going right now, or most of it. Anyway, there might be a few other spots that I'm leaving out. So I ha- I have design work. I have my Type Foundry, Carmel Type Company. I have Lettering Library. I'm partnering with Retro Supply with a lot of projects. I have a store up on Creative Market. I do deals with design cuts on their bundles. I sell my stuff through my fonts. I'm also on Type Everything and a couple other places. And so if I don't have a good month in any one of these, you know, maybe the other one kind of picks up the slack for me. If I don't have a lot of freelance work coming in, Okay, maybe I can do a sale on some fonts and push those out. And then maybe that kind of makes up the difference. So I'm not putting all of my eggs into one basket. I'm not just relying on any one source. Um, So when you have downtime between projects, you should really make that time count if you can and create some sort of products or passive income to to keep yourself afloat in those those harder times. Um, Especially with like digital products, like it costs you nothing but your time to create You're not physically stocking any items. You have no overhead. You have, you have nothing. It costs you nothing to make it. So if you put in the time to create a font, a brush, um, you know, textures, whatever, you know, you're creating more opportunity for yourself to make more income every month.
0: Absolutely. So like um, Andre's like, yeah, I need to do that. And I'm like, yes, you do. So this wasn't something that just came out. So caramel type and letter lettering library. Lettering library you were building. You were buying these things and you were using it personally and you thought, huh, maybe somebody else would want this too. So it's something maybe that you're already doing, or it could be something that you're doing as a side project. I know Amy Lyons, she did, we did a design recharge challenge and she made these fruit uh, things. I don't know, fruit. Mm-hmm. She made fruit, not real fruit. She made digital fruit. And yeah she, I was like, Amy, you could sell those on creative market. And then she made a whole pack and now it's available. If she puts her thing in her, um, in the chat, we can all go and see it and buy her fruit. But I think that those things, things like that are, you just don't realize that you're actually creating assets that you could possibly be able to sell somewhere else. Cause I'm not sure if you thought when you were first just collecting all those books, you didn't necessarily think about how you would be able to Um, support. You were just buying books for yourself, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. At first it was just for personal reference to just look at old type specimens and alphabets and just kind of get ideas for my own work. Um, but then once I realized that it was a really scarce resource and not a lot of people really had access to this stuff, I was like, well, this can sort of be my way of giving back to the design community who have shared great reference material in the past, you know, for me to go through. Um, and there's certain things that like i know lots of designers do already like most designers like make their own textures you know but they're only using it for their work they don't sell it to anybody else but you know you could throw a texture pack up for 10 bucks and a hundred people might buy it you might get an extra thousand bucks that you weren't expecting that week
0: right Um, and it's a it's a monthly thing it's not like you're just doing it once you get a thousand dollars and it, you probably are not going to use it in your work forever. You This is where it makes you go out and keep creating or buying new or uh, getting new things so that then you also will use it in your work. So it k- keeps your work fresh as well. And some of these like retro supply or creative, mar- creative market, you probably did on your own, but retro supply was a uh, relationship. You got introduced yeah. and I'm sure... He, Dustin introduced you to Tom at Design Cuts. I guess my fonts, yep. you probably went on your own. I don't know if you, did you know somebody there?
1: Um, not really directly. We were Facebook friends and he was kind of one of their, um, their like onboarding people, like looking for new sellers for the, their, their marketplace. Um, and then uh, we just kind of became friends after that. I don't, I don't think he's still with my fonts, but I still have a few up there.
0: So, so one of the things Andre's saying, and I think a lot of people have this, and maybe this is really a question for Dustin or for somebody from Design Cuts, but I think it'll be good to ask you this: is without a previous online store, um, and maybe without um, a list, uh, an audience, is it hard to get creative to get started on creative market because it seems like a hard one to dive into?
1: Creative market is tough just because it's so saturated. There are so many stores on there that it's kind of hard to stand out and get noticed. Um, I mean, there are certain things that seem to go really well there. Like there's certain types of fonts and lettering that really kind of dominate that. Like a lot of brush scripty kind of lettering does really well there. So my brand of type, like the lettering you're seeing here may not be best suited to that platform. It might be better on like you work for them or fonts.com or something like that. Um, But it doesn't hurt to have it up there. It costs you nothing to put it up there. So even if you get one sale a month, it's still extra money you wouldn't have had otherwise.
0: Well, and it's also about
1: worth putting it there.
0: It's building a list. It's building that you have more products coming out. And like Amy said, she's like most of the products that she's created are just assets that she created for herself. So it's the same thing like for When you're creating or you tend to use the same texture a lot and you created it, I've taken pictures of the concrete outside, I think is a great texture, but it's like, you know, these are things that it may not, um, it doesn't hurt you is what you're saying. And just, just put it out there, know how to do it because at some point you may be able to drive them back to your site where you're getting the full amount, right?
1: exactly yeah like i love when i sell stuff through retro supply but i am splitting at 50 percent. so if i can get them to go to my site it's preferred but i don't mind because he's a friend and i'm glad that we're kind of making each other money like what he's bringing to the table is a, a huge following and a huge newsletter subscriber list that i don't have so when i put up that mega bundle thing that i did for lettering library where it was like all 120 books that i had for sale Um, I did great the first year, the second year, not so much because I kind of tapped out my audience already. Like everybody I knew that wanted it already had it, but Dustin kind of has this ever growing, ever shifting audience that may have never seen my work, never seen the products I sold. So by partnering with people that are outside of your sphere of influence, you can sometimes gain like a, a really nice new following to your work too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Keep going. Yeah.
1: Um, so make time for personal projects and this is not advisable. If you have a lot of client work to do You know, Do the work you're getting paid for first, but if you have a lull in your time and you don't have stuff to do, um, spend some time creating work that's in the, the same vein of stuff that you want to be doing. Uh, so this kind of jumps on the back of the first point that I was making. Um, but right here, these business cards, I hadn't redone business cards for myself in maybe five, six years years. It had been a while. Um, so I sat down spent a lot of time and created this really over the top decorative Victorian trade card kind of thing. Um, but once again, it yielded a really good return. Um, I use it as like the header for my website. People reference it a lot. They're like, we love your card. Can you do something like that for us? So even though it's just like a little personal promo piece for myself, it ended up being something that worked as a tool for marketing and selling other projects
0: absolutely well and it's also the things you do the things that you want if you want to do watercolor then you should show more watercolor right yeah yeah um, totally and like with this i mean you ha you take the time to get good printer good paper i think some you've used french paper in the past you're using nina you do yeah. you it you're not just printing off of the copy paper in the corner right you're, yeah. you're taking the time to, and that goes with your aesthetic, everything. It's all the details are, are coming in.
1: Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, when you're doing this kind of work, you really have no roadblocks either. Like you're doing what you want to do. So if you have, you know, a great creative vision for something that nobody's really buying into or, you know, letting you do on their dime, go ahead and make it yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to hurt. And it may end up actually really helping you and getting you more business down the road once you prove you can do it.
0: Well, another thing, is, so was, this is gonna make Demi happy. Demi would say each week you need to be doing something for your future business instead of just taking care of clients. And that's I like what it. I would say to people as well for this. This is that side project for yourself that you need to have going on and andre says he's bad he's a really bad client for himself he just his uh, personal projects are the hardest but i think demi would say schedule it in so schedule in two hours a week four hours a week whatever it is right demi revenue tomorrow he calls it and i love that because it is the stuff two hours a day he says so revenue tomorrow means that you are really working on your business and i think Jason, when you put that post out, that was like my one worry for you when we were talking, uh, when you were like, yeah, you had all these huge clients, but you didn't have any time to post anything. So there wasn't anything. So the personal projects keep you um, uh, front of mind for new clients Mm -hmm. and for, but it also is allowing you, even if it takes you longer, Andre, I would say definitely give it some time and maybe two hours a day is like Dimmy cause he's a superpower, but um, maybe just start with like two hours a week and schedule it in one hour on Monday and one hour on Friday or whatever days are your lower. Um, when you, when you're getting stuck and you're just pushing pixels, you need to step away and do something else. And this would be a great, Oh, so he, Demi says, start with 15 minutes and build up just like exercise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Um, and like you said, it is great because it also provides ammo for your social media. Like yes. when I had all those NDA projects, you know, like I was glad I was getting to work on them. I was being well paid and everything, but it wasn't really helping me acquire any new business. So when you do work like this, hell, I can mock this up 10 different ways and have 10 different posts, you know, like whenever I'm kind of having a lull in between being able to post a project or something, then yeah, okay. I threw this thing on a... On a shirt, or on a coaster, or on a poster, or whatever. Um, but it's it's giving yourself the tools to be able to stay visible and relevant on whatever platform you really want to be.
0: And it also really helps people to engage with you because it's your thing. And they want, just like your letterhead t shirts, it's like they want to be a part of what you're doing and they want to support you, but you also do super cool work. So they want to be a part of that. And it's so it's bringing them along in the car instead of just having them looking. So again, just it's really hard. A lot of us are working, it feels like two jobs, maybe three jobs. And especially if you like have kids or something, you know, it's just really hard, but it's even if you don't have to do a ton each day, if you just give yourself 15 minutes, maybe every day for the first week, and then maybe up it to 30 minutes, I don't know, watch the Demi episode and, um, or, and contact Demi because he, he's really great at coaching on that.
1: Yeah, I do like that advice. So I think I'm gonna have to go back and watch that too.
0: I'll send you the link. Okay. Um, So So, um, okay. Keep learning.
1: Yep. Um, so keep learning, keep growing. I I see a lot of people, um, will kind of quickly develop a style and a look and they're really good at it. And that's great. But eventually your audience may kind of wear tired of the same old gimmick or, or something like that. Um, so if you can kind of adapt and change and roll with the punches and learn a couple new skills along the way, you're not only going to keep your audience more interested, but you're also going to make yourself more valuable to your clients because you're able to provide more services than just the one thing you're known for. Um, So this is a good example. Last year, last summer, I got hired to do a rum label, Um, but they wanted a painted background of an ocean, a sunset, a boat, some plants, a beach. And at the time, I was like, yeah, there's no way I can do that. I've never done that. Um, but I sat down and before I even took on the project, I started digitally painting this a little bit just to see if I could do it. I was watching YouTube tutorials on how to paint water, how light reflects on water and clouds and things like that to try to train myself and understand how this would truly look. Um, and they ended up loving it once I actually got the job and started doing it. So now this is a new thing that I can kind of offer and show to my clients and be like, hey, I can do more than just the lettering and the nice border on the bottle. Like I can give you a scene or an illustration. I mean, I'm not a, a portrait guy. I'm not like an animal drawing guy, but maybe I can do landscapes like this, you know? So in the future, maybe I can do that other stuff too. But so what, I just what did you do this in?
0: What this program? was in uh, Photoshop. Man, good job. I totally was like, oh, he farmed that out.
1: Nope. Good (laughs) job. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So this was like a a fun new learning experience and I actually really enjoyed doing it too. I think getting outside of the work that you're doing every day and just Mm. trying something else is really beneficial sometimes. Emily says... You may not like it, but then you know you don't like it.
0: Exactly. Emily says, sucking at something is the first step to becoming sort of good at something. But and that's by adventure, adventure time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's great. And mm-hmm. uh Joe asked another question a while ago and I don't want to lose it. Um, yeah. have you created a deck of cards for a cards packaging? A deck of cards? Comma yet, packaging. That
1: is definitely on the bucket list. Okay, um, cool. I've seen like Chad Michael and a couple other people do like really beautiful decks for Theory Eleven and and I want to print with Studio on Fire, who does all that stuff. So I think there might eventually be some sort of crossroads where we can get that dream job to work together, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: You know, there's another company, like people who just do cards, but not playing cards, but they do cards, but they could really use, like there's this better self company. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. Anyway, not I bought the whole pack. I mean, and the, they're nice, but oh my goodness. It would give so much, um, I'm going to try to find it really quick. Keep going.
1: Okay. Let's see. Okay. So presentation is everything, which is something that I learned little too late in my career. I think I wish I knew this earlier, um, but I would share crappy camera phone sketches. I would share um, stuff that was just kind of like flat artwork with nothing interesting about it. And it wasn't really showing the work in the best light. It wasn't really selling it. It wasn't presenting it as strongly as it could be. So when you learn skills like Adobe Dimension, you're giving your, your work um, much more power and depth, and you're, you're making it almost tactile through the screen. You're giving the customer the, more of a, um, an idea of what this would feel like in 3D space. Mm-hmm. So I started mocking stuff up on you know, bottles, on signs, on windows, on packages, and just seeing how this stuff could really be applied kind of breaks down those barriers of clients who are maybe not as design or creative minded as we are, and they can't picture what that would actually look like and how it would work for them. So when you present like this, you're really kind of um, just taking the whole guessing game out of it for those people.
0: So Doc says, so your mockups are all done in Adobe Dimension. That's a great tip.
1: Um, not not all. Um, a, a lot of them are still through like yellow images and they're like smart objects, PSDs, just because their stuff is so good. Really good, yeah. But when it's, you know, something custom like this that you can't really find an exact match for, then I go to Adobe Dimension.
0: Well, in specific weird sizes, custom-wise, yeah. you really need it. Yeah. Yeah, Amy exactly. says... Clients have trouble imagining it for sure.
1: Yeah, they do. They have a hard time visualizing sometimes. If you say this piece would look great as like a, a storefront sign or, or something like that, they'd be like, uh, "I don't know. Like, I can't really see it." But then if you could just throw it on a window or throw it on, you know, like some fascia or something like that, you know, right. you might help them a lot. Yeah.
0: No, I love that. So uh, Doc had a question earlier, yeah. and oh, boogers. I can't, I I even wrote it back, but Doc, maybe rewrite it. It was, okay, keep going. Reach out to your idols.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, So I think one thing a lot of people don't do because they're either afraid to or they think they won't respond or they feel like they're not good enough with the imposter syndrome sort of thing is that they kind of um, retreat into themselves and they don't seek out mentors or people who are better or you know, have more experience and, and they're just kind of scared to take that leap. Um, but I've found that it's, it should be anything but that. Almost everybody that I've ever reached out to has been nice, supportive, humble, uh, said you know, really nice things about my work or you know, if I asked them for a critique, gave honest critique and really made my work better. I think as long as you're open to the idea of somebody um, telling you something that's maybe uncomfortable or that you don't really want to hear that you will grow as an artist and you will get better at your craft. Um, So one of those guys for me was Dave Smith. I know a lot of you guys follow him on Instagram. He's one of the world's best glass sign artists. Mm -hmm. And um, this piece in particular on this slide, he's been working on for four years. It is like his, you know, crowning achievement of his career. I think it's insanely beautiful. And it's coming to New York in a couple months and I'm going to go to the, the unveiling party that they're doing and everything, which is going to be fun. But this guy that was my idol, um, you know, I think he's lettering God basically. (laughs) He used my font alchemist in that excellence panel in the, in his, you know, biggest piece he's ever done. He decided to throw one of my fonts in there, which like I couldn't even believe it when I saw it at first. I was like, "Thank you so much for putting that in there." And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's great. It fit perfect." And like he, it was it was nothing to him, but to me, it was like, "Wow, this guy, that's huge uh, affirmation of of your your skill or your ability to have somebody like that even consider using something you made as part of this grand, ridiculously awesome design." Um. So so yeah I would encourage you to reach out to those people you may make a great connection and they may become friends like like I have with him um but even if it's just somebody that from once in a while you want to like bounce an idea off of they have so much knowledge and wisdom and expertise that you can you know glean these great little tips from them from time to time
0: And it's surprising how often So that's what we're doing this month is loving on people. So it may be very uncomfortable because you think that they're so unreachable, but I really do believe that the people, I mean, it's not like anybody's like Beyonce in our industry, really, you know, like Aaron Draplin will, will write you back. And, um, I, you know, it's like, uh, Michael Janda's on Wednesday and he's so nice. And it's like, people just they're they love when people, reach out. You would love it if somebody said, Hey, Jason, can I show you something? Or, or I used your font or uh, y- those things make, yeah. they make you feel good. Like you're making a difference because sometimes it can get very lonely. Even if you're making lots of things, it's just nice to hear that people use it and love it and appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, and people really are for the most part, nicer than you'd expect. Like I was talking to John Contino last time mm-hmm. he was at the right of South. And he was saying that like sometimes you remember this one girl in particular reached out to him um, and he, he responded and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you responded. Like, um, you know, thank you so much for talking to me. And he's like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I talk to you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just what humans do. Like was I gonna ignore you? <laughs> like, like, of course I talked to you. So, so people are kind of like, so scared and like, oh no, like, uh, you know, they're a big superstar. There's this weird, almost element of celebrity to design culture that like, when you see like Jessica Hish or something, you're like, oh my God, it's Jessica Hish. But just talk to her, it's gonna be okay. You know, <laughs> like you, the world isn't gonna collapse around you. Like you can you can go meet these people and they are people, just like yeah. us. It's
0: okay. Exactly, and if they don't have time, they'll tell you. You know, like yeah,
1: but they will always usually get back to you. You know, it's it's not like they're trying to actively ignore you or like they think they're above you or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, these these people will, for the most part, look out for you because they were in that same spot too at some point, and they wanted somebody to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so another thing that I think is really important is to surround yourself with inspiration. And for me, that looks like a room full of old 1800s mm. Um And this is this is big for me because any time that I'm kind of feeling like I'm in a slump or in a creative rut or something, I have tens of thousands of pages of ideas around me. There's mm. I have no excuses anymore for having a creative block when you have this much stuff. Um, and I, I think that looks different for different people. It may not be books but um you know even if it's if it's film if it's posters if it's you know uh cooking I, I don't know whatever your like other passion is you know just surrounding yourself with this stuff that really kind of gets you motivated and gets you energized is nice um, and you
0: just like you have to spend some time in your Tomorrow business. I can't ever remember what it is, Demi. I'm so sorry. But like it's also you need to take time to research. You can't just expect to be keep churning without filling your tank, right? Ready new tomorrow. (laughs) So but but it's the research, right? We can't we're not endless. We have to have more food coming in so that we can continue. We have to have sleep. There are certain things. And this is one of those things for us. We need to also eat visually.
1: Yeah, totally. Like with, with custom lettering, you know, um, there are certain words or certain combinations of letters that are just awkward and hard to to put together. Mm. Um, but with this massive wealth of books that I have, like, I can flip through all these pages and see, like, okay, this is how that guy handled that uh, transition between, you know, like, like a K and an A or something, you know, like, and it and fit really nice. And it might have been something that was just like really bugging me about that composition or that layout, but you can find solutions to it if you really look and look, and I have (laughs) no shortage of stuff to to sort through here.
0: Well, and I think that that's a good, that's a good point is that somebody else probably has done it before you, Mm -hmm. you can ask people. I think that's a good way to start a conversation. Hey, I have this K and an A and I don't know how I'm supposed to, you know, I've, I've done some research. Could you point me in some more directions or how would you handle this? And I think a lot of people like to be, you know, asked, and that's a quick question. That's not like, how did you get your first client? Like that's a long answer, but the K and the A is not that long. They could probably send you in a direction or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah. A lot of times our problems as designers are not unique. A lot of people have gone through the exact same scenario that you're having trouble with. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's worth it to reach out to other people too who you think may have the answer, even if they don't, you know, it's just a good conversation starter and a good way to talk shop with other people and maybe something else comes to that conversation.
0: Hey, Demi says, Jason, are you on Goodreads? I am not. I think Uh, it's a book. It's like books it's a tell us what it is Demi. keep going okay uh, Melissa says Haha, I have to ask him sometimes about lettering things at least I have the best person to ask for advice yes you do you married the right man oh it's a book social network he wanted to follow oh it.
1: okay yeah I'll have to look into that I'm not familiar with it yet but it's free it sounds like something that I would like yeah yeah
0: Okay. Keep going.
1: Okay. And, uh, the final point I want to make is that Mm -hmm. progress is a slow road worth traveling. Um, you're not going to get to where you want to be overnight. Um, it's, it's something that takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, practice, and being intentional about the kind of thing that you want to do too, not just aimlessly practicing something that's not going to improve your skills. Um, so here, here's a good example. In 2013, I lettered this little chalk sign for a booth that I had at a conference called Weapons of Mass Creation in Cleveland.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it was it was fine at the time. It served the purpose of just saying who I was and at my booth. But just six years later, look at the transformation. There was wow. a lot of stuff that you can tell on the left that it, it just wasn't there yet. You know, but yeah. it, it it took time and it took being serious about it to really focus and know, okay, this is why uh, this this J is wrong or this A is too wide here. And, and you'll obtain that I as you go.
0: But it's, it's because close. you look, if you didn't ever yeah. look, you would never have obtained. If you just kept redrawing that same 2013 yeah. Jason Carn, you might change a few things, but it's because you look, and it's because you ask, um, Mm-hmm. And you are able to take criticism and advice, even if it's from your own head. You know, you're like, oh, I can see that this is not exactly what I was going for.
1: Yeah. And and I think you just really got to care about it, too. You got to be passionate about it. If you have no desire to get any better, you're not going to. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get to a place of comfort and complacency to where they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, I can do this. This is adequate. This is passable. And then they never really get beyond that level. They kind of just hover there because like it's good enough but good enough isn't gonna really propel you your career and, and make a name for yourself um, if you if you want to be really great in your industry it, t- it takes a lot of time like I'm I'm still light years away from people like Dave Smith like in that le- the other sh- slide I was showing you but he has 30 more years under his belt than I
0: but look at even this, Jason, not just the lettering, but look at how much business savvy you put in. It's now you have your bottles on the bottom. There's all the detail, there's all this line work. Great, there's, there's animals in there, right? But there's yep. there's patterns um, and there's some die cuts like the little corner things or die. I mean, and that you're, you're still pulling from history. There's so many things in there that those um, Easter eggs, right? that if now, because you understand business better, you're able to even, even your name is It That's on there, you know? And so it's just so much more you understand what you're doing and how you're getting your message across.
1: Yeah, and I think that people kind of underestimate the power of a business card, but that's kind of, for a lot of people, the first impression that they're gonna have of you. it was kind of funny when I had um, an older business card design, which I was also proud of at the time. Mama Sauce printed it up. It was a two-color foil job on both sides. It was edge painted. I, I, I have all, one of those. Whistles
0: on those. Yeah.
1: I had somebody ask if it was for sale at my table. And I was like, no, it's a business card. They're like, oh, so I can, I can just have it? And I was like, yeah, it's a business card. No. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to give you like a couple bucks for it or something. So somebody's willing to pay me for a business card, which is like a, a throwaway marketing item, basically. So if you're representing yourself strongly front like that, like you're probably going to get some returns on it. It's not going to be something that they stuff in their wallet and then throw away in a month. It's going to be something that they hold on to. Like you said, you still have one.
0: I do. I don't even
1: know if I still have one, but but the, the fact that like you you kept it, I, was, I kept it. that
0: and the wedding invitation, the envelope, <laughs> everything. And I do not. My husband will tell you. I'm like, oh, I got that that uh, card from my mom. She's not here today, so it's safe. I can say this. I just throw it away. <laughs> I mean, I like, Oh, that was sweet. And if she really wrote me a note, then I might keep it, but she doesn't ever. So I just throw it away. And he's like, you're not even going to keep that. I'm like Hallmark wrote the note, not my mom, you know, or the cancer society or something, you know, not my mom. Anyway. So, um, Doc says proof I'm doing it all wrong, um, which no, we are we're not going to be in that mindset. You're just going to start today to do something different. I do think um, this is another Jason that we both know. Um, <clears throat> he can sell chicken bones at a, a package yep. <laughs> with packaging, right? He can go to a, um, a a flea market and get these tiny little things, put it in a a uh bag that's made for them with a cool label and he will sell something that he you know bought a thousand of them for you know five dollars and it's just yeah. because it's <laughs> something that you saw I can't even remember what that thing was but I was like oh those are cool he's like yeah I'm selling them um and he's yeah, like I was, didn't the, make them
1: yeah that was Jason Craig he said he yeah. was like just picking them up at off of the parking lot of like Chick fil A or, or Clucky or something he was just going around getting chicken bones. Yeah, and he just marketed it under a different name. I forget what he called it, but it, it, it was funny.
0: It is. It's funny, but it just goes to show that people want to to buy the things that you have. Now it has. It's growing an audience. It's being present. It's being. It's responding to um, their when they post on your post. And so the question Doc had a while ago was, um, some people get pretty picky about you showing their work, or reposting, or do you do it in stories, or do you do it on your Instagram wall? Uh,
1: It's always in stories. I don't put anybody else's work on my actual feed, Um, unless it was like something I collaborated on on with them, but then I, I would always, of course, like credit them and share the link to their page and everything, but there's certain artists that I come across on Instagram that have, you know, Maybe a hundred followers, but their work is fantastic and i 'm like, "How do people not know about this person and i 'm glad to use whatever platform I have to try to share it out and get them a bigger audience and, and like I was saying before, when you do that, you know sometimes they 'll return the favor, and you know it, it becomes this mutually beneficial sharing relationship
0: yep, and you have no idea where they are in their life and that they might be thinking about going back to construction. And that just leaving this lettering thing in the wind and how you encouraging them is so important. And so this week on Love on Designers, this week on Love on Designers, please do that. Reach out, share somebody else's thing that doesn't have a lot maybe of followers or or if they do, maybe it's a huge person, I want you to reach out to them and say, hey, you know what, You your work has mattered to me and this is why and I just wanted to tell you thank you for doing what you do and sacrificing and giving up time and um, and sharing your story. So just please do that this week and just hit the hashtag love on designers, all one word or pound for all you old people. <laughs> the, yeah, those are awesome tips, Jason. Thank you. We went for an hour and a half and I'm super thankful. Um <laughs> but oh, <yeah>. it <laughs> we don't a- over yeah. I know we do, but we we didn't even get any of the questions, so it looks like we have to have a part two um but answer this so because of you were saying um reaching back out, helping somebody share, so it is also about like searching for people who might be behind you because that was one of the things, so why is it important for you to give back and help other people on their journey? Why is that such an important part for you?
1: I think it's because nobody really gets to where they are by themselves Hmm. that just doesn't happen Um, even if you're self-made or self-taught like i'm technically self-taught for everything i didn't go to school for lettering or type or anything but there's people along the way that have definitely um, helped shape what i do or helped me kind of raise my abilities or my skills to the next level and I would like to do that for somebody else too. I don't want to be somebody who just kind of takes and takes and never gives back. So like lettering library was like a big chunk of that. Like, here's this massive resource that I was kind of hoarding for myself. And I was like, no, like, I don't want people to also have to pay $500 for a book to, to flip through it. Like I have it, like, let's just kind of help everybody out here and give it back. Um, but being a mentor or getting a mentor is something that can be huge in your career. Um, I've had people that have come to me, like, asking for advice on lettering. And then, like, a month later, I'm like, wow, you made leaps and bounds, like, really quick. And, I mean, it's not just because I gave them one tip of advice. But, you know, they, they felt like, oh, you helped me get there at least. hmm like I saw James Victoria post the other day, like, you know, people thanking him for like his design advice. And he's like, I didn't do the design. Like you did it. Like, I, sure. I might have like gave you an idea or like you down the right road, but like it, it was you, you know, like you put in the work, you made the effort.
0: So Emily has one last question. What sure. do you do when you have a client who doesn't know what they want and doesn't seem to trust your judgment, even though they say they do.
1: That's a tough one. Uh, I've been in that position before. Um, There was one project I had last year where the brief was, they just gave me the words that I needed to say. And they were like, just do you. We came to you because we love your work, which can be a blessing or a curse, (laughs) which some people know. Um, So I did what I do. And they came back after I put in probably 20 hours of work on all this stuff. And they were like, yeah, that's, that's not what we're looking for, this is what we want. And I was like, why didn't you give me that up front? So now I'm very intentional about getting all the, everything out on the table before the project begins. I have a much more thorough question intake form. You know, I make sure that they have the right budget, that the timeline's gonna be right, what they're actually expecting and hoping to get out of this. And I really, like, make it a mandatory that they give me some sort of visual reference or inspiration. Like, look, this is what you told me you wanted. This is exactly what I gave you. And if they try to fight you after that, that's what the kill fees for. And That's why having an agent is great because they can fight those battles for you. But if you are on your own, you know, it's, it's important to um, have confidence in work and stand behind it and be able to defend your points and your, um, defend your reasoning behind the things that you did. And sometimes they will kind of bend to your expertise or your 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 point of view. Um, if you explain it for them and lay it all out, sometimes that's a much, it's more comforting to them other than just like, oh, the designer did it because they liked it. You know, if you have a real reason behind it, sometimes they're more willing to get on board.
0: And it's also proof, right? So if you don't have a ton of experience, then it's about you proving, well, this is what this, this competitor did in another Mm -hmm. market. This is what this done this and you prove to them and then they realize, oh, you really know more, but you can't just think, well, I think this will do better. You have to have reasons. And I think it's, Mm -hmm. I always tell my students that it's like, uh, it's like you're a lawyer in a court case and nobody's going to be like, well, I think you should be free he's innocent to me. No, I don't know. Uh, It's not the way it goes. Uh, You have to prove it. So how would you prove that you do know what you're talking about? Well, I did this on this or I researched this, 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 and, and, and Emily, it's just, it, it does come. So sometimes you just have to have confidence because you do know, and you can't let them twist you And if you don't know, you should say you don't know. I'll have to ask somebody. Or you can say, hey, I asked Jason Karn about this, and he told me this. And then, again, there's proof. Because the things you didn't know, you asked.
1: And also, sometimes the client is right. Client's not always wrong. I know a lot of designers like to rip on their clients. um, But usually, they know their business better than you do. You know design better, but they understand their customers and their market. So, if something really isn't working for them, take the time to listen and understand why it may not be working for them
0: that's a great maybe a
1: great piece of design, but it may not be right for them
0: well, and it's also having the goals of the project set, and the goals yes. are usually a something that's tangible, something that is measurable and mm-hmm then you can do a test group too. You, there's all kinds of things. So Demi also said you can Google design impact evaluation tactics. So that's a good one. Hmm. No. Yeah. Anyway, well, Jason, thank you so much. I'm going to share how people can get in touch with you. And you can always find him at Jason Karn, dot com. Jason's just spelled like normal Jason. I don't know anybody who spells Jason. I guess they could say J-A-Y. But that's not how you spell Jason, people. It's just J-A-S-O-N-C-A-R-N-E dot com. It's so easy. Super easy. Ten letters there, people. Um, you got lucky, buddy, with that 10 letter name. Um, I know.
1: it's nice. And it's and it's a five and five, too. So it's stacked nice. And-
0: I know it's so good. I'm <laughs> dying Gibbs. I have a five and five, but it's somebody, mm-hmm. some realtor in California is that. Anyway. So he will be at Creative South and you can get a get your hug in there. And you can also find him on Behance.net at Jason Carn, Dribble with three Bs um, slash Jason Carn, Instagram, Jason Carn, and then Facebook, Jason P Karn. That other Jason Carn got it. Yeah. You got yeah, him on there's, everything there's else.
1: Jason Karn's out there. There's like a motocross guy, there's a lawyer. <laughs> But I
0: That's got the awesome. best website, so I win. You do. Oh, Will says Facebook is dumb. Whatever, buddy. Hey, LinkedIn, buddy. LinkedIn, right? Uh, Facebook is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Incoming hugs. Uh, 52 days, Doc says. And just speaking about that, I need volunteers. We have a good many volunteer tickets left. Did you know that volunteer tickets for Creative South are only 100, uh, $197 plus tax? That's like 211 It's really two ten and some change. That's a lot cheaper, but that gives you everything that everybody else gets. You just have to work for me for six hours, and it's not six hours in one chunk. It's just three two-hour shifts. Man, two hours flies by, and honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had. I've been a volunteer. I don't even know how many years I've been going since two thousand fourteen, and I volunteered that year. So but I need volunteers, like really bad people because it's we got a lot of stuff going on and I can use full ticket price volunteers too. And so it's just a one, two hour shift that I ask you to do. But please, please contact, you can go to creativesouth.com and there's a link at the bottom and it says volunteers and there's like a little pop-up and you can sign in, then you'll send me an email. You can email me there at at com. And then you can be a volunteer and I'll send you the code to get the ticket. And I need volunteers. So please, please help me out. Tell your friends. Michael yeah, Fonville, yeah. if you if you <laughs> haven't gotten your ticket, you should be a volunteer. It goes super fast. All right. Oh, yeah, doctor, and that's a great way
1: to meet people too, if you're kind of shy about meeting them other other ways.
0: So And it's a great way to give back. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I just have this wonderful vision and I just love being able to it does give you a reason to talk to people because they think you know what you're doing and you're just have been there like 15 minutes longer than them. So it's okay. We we get you. We totally have you. But anyway, I will see you there, Jason. And um we will see you guys on Wednesday with Michael Janda, where we're gonna be also talking about being an entrepreneur. He has also pivoted. So we are going to keep up this entrepreneurial pivot. Going and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. All
1: right, sounds good. Thanks for having me again.
0: Thank you all. Thank you guys so much for watching. It was an incredible. It was really long, but it was really good. And there was tons of juicy, juicy bites. I hope it made a difference to you in what you're doing, and maybe it adjusted me. And I'm going to do some things differently. So I'm really excited. So I wanted to tell you that Recharging You is a place for you where creative entrepreneurs can niche down, can get focused and uncover and utilize your strengths. And we help to educate you in reaching your business and creative goals through training, coaching, and by sharing stories of hope like we did with Jason today. Because it's not always this beautiful, uh, dreamy place. We need each other. And so we are here for support. I'm here for you to help you in your journey. And, and we are doing it together. I'm just going to share with you what I've learned and Some other people I'm with are gonna share what they've learned. So I want you to know that you can join us live each week. If you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, you can join us live each week. So go ahead and hit like or hit share and share it with somebody. If this is something that you think that they just need to get the foot in the door or to get some hope so that they know that they can do this too. So you can subscribe and you can get a link every week to come to the live recording. And it's you can go to rechargingyou.com/slash/sign-up all one word. Wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review. That would be super helpful, and share it with your friends. You can also support the channel on by becoming a patron, even for as little as a dollar. You can go to patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs to do that. And my favorite way to build websites, I have been sharing this with a bunch of people recently. I love Elementor. I know I've told y'all I love Elementor and I really do love Elementor. It's really made my life a lot easier. I can show somebody in about, a designer who really has never done any web stuff, somebody who's thinking they're gonna do something on one of the other platforms, which I'm not going to mention because I don't want anybody to feel bad, but you know the other platforms, right? Anyway, and I Totally. Those are limited because you're limited to the templates that you're given. And then there's Elementor. I show it to them and they're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And that's exactly what it was like for me. So it makes almost any WordPress theme invincible and it stops feeling like WordPress. Anyway, it's incredibly helpful to me in my business and it pays for itself in like a half a second by doing somebody's website, you know? So you can purchase, when you're ready to purchase the plan that's right for you, you can do bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital D, capital R, and then E-L-E-M-E-N-T-O-R. Timely is the app that I use for my computer, or I use it on my phone to track my time. There's that stalking option, which of course I love and remembers where I've been because I'm terrible at billing, so I need to go back. And I've chosen the timely plan that, can remember it for a long time, like not just a few months, but like a lot of months. And so it's really helpful. And then you can also have other people on your team too, um, which is nice. So you can do that. And with this link, you're going to have a 10% discount when you activate your subscription. You actually are able to try it for 14 days um, before activating your subscription and to make sure you do, make sure that timely is right for you. All right. And then the last but not least is that Audible has changed my business and my life. I've gotten a new book. I am reading a new book I started yesterday by Weldon somebody, Scott, maybe Weldon Scott, Scott Weldon, I, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, and it was The Power of Consistency, so I really was enjoying it, so I can't wait to tell you about it, but you can go to audibletrial.com slash designrecharge. Get two months free of Skillshare premium with bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Diane Gibbs. Hey, and share this with somebody, okay? Have a great week. Oh, and it's Love on Designers Month. This month, this week, we are making a post that is has encouraging words. We are sending somebody, sharing somebody's awesomeness on our story so it gets the word out about them. Um, and reach out to somebody who has really made a difference that, that maybe doesn't even know you and tell them how much they've meant To you and what the work they've done so don't forget to use that hashtag love on designers all one word go love on some people and we will be picking a winner every week okay have a great week